0: الحمد لله وكفى الحمد لله وكفى وصلى الله على عباده الذين صلوا أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إنما يعمرو مساجد الله من آمن بالله واليوم الآخر سبحانه رب الجرذة عما يصيكون وصلى الله على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله سيدنا محمد أبارك وسلم Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik As parents, we often raise children in hopes that they succeed in the matters of this world. It's a desire, it's a wish, and it hurts us to see when they don't. So we begin this process at a very young age for them. That... From a young age, we make sure that they're doing well in school, number one, that they're going to school, and we'll enroll them in after-school activities in hopes that by creating the right environment for them, they'll succeed. So there'll be certain clubs at school. If we want our child to excel academically, we'll put them in the environment of academic excellence. So we'll put them and encourage them toward these science or math olympiads and quiz bowls in hopes that one if they surround themselves with people that are excelling or attempting to excel then they too will excel and if we put them in places where there's excellence then they'll they'll excel as well so then this continues on through through elementary school middle school in high school we're very particular about where they go to school in fact many families will actually relocate because they want to make sure that their child goes to the best high school possible because again for two reasons one is that they want to make sure that the physical place where their uh, child is going to school is one of excellence or one in which they can achieve excellence and number two they'll be particular about the friends they have and if they are friends that are uh, attempting to succeed or or friends that are uh, that are the opposite that have poor habits and then eventually someone gets older and then when they are choosing a college the same principles is is used. You know, you pick the best school for your child in hopes that by placing them in that environment on campus in a school of excellence, then that will have an effect on them. And the people that are studying at that school are also people that are trying to excel. And when you put that combination together, you will be able to achieve excellence. So we appreciate that when it comes to our children. We appreciate this when it comes to anything in general that we're trying to grow. So this applies to if anyone has an interest in gardening. The same general principles apply. And that is that if you begin to plant a vegetable garden, for instance, you're very particular about the environment of, uh, how, of, of where you're planting. So you'll make sure that you have the right kind of soil and the right kind of compost, organic matter. You'll ensure that you're giving it fertilizer, nitrogen fertilizer. You'll make sure you water it properly. You'll make sure there's enough space between the plants themselves you'll make sure that you harvest the fruits regularly because the quicker you harvest the fruits the more likely more are going to grow so you'll watch over the environment of the plant in hopes that it can achieve its full potential because there's only so much we can do with the actual plant itself <coughs> successful uh, a, a, a success, successful gardener recognizes that they can have an effect on the environment not the plant itself it's up to the plant if it's going to grow or not It's up to the person if it's going to grow or not, but ultimately if the environment is created, then it's possible. Now, our hearts require the right environment to grow as well. And its growth allows it to flourish to its full potential, and everyone has their own potential. Every human being is different than the next, but everyone has a potential. And in order for us to be able to achieve that maximal potential for ourselves, we have to ensure that we place ourselves, place our souls in the right environment. Because that is ultimately what will allow it to flourish. So we've been speaking over the last several days about those things that grow the soul, nourish the heart. We spoke in particular about recitation and interaction with the Qur'an. We spoke about developing with and having an affinity with the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu And we spoke about the importance of engaging in a regular consistent manner with the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these three things are very important. But more important than any of these, more important than any of these is actually the environment that we keep ourselves in. The reality is that if we put ourselves in the correct environment, then these other attributes actually fall into a place. It becomes very easy to become someone who is attached to the Qur'an if you yourself placed yourself in the environment of the Qur'an. It becomes very easy for you to become a lover of the Prophet wasallam if you put yourself in the places and in the gatherings of people that love the Prophet wasallam. It becomes very easy to become someone who is a dhakr, who remembers Allah Ta'ala regularly, consistently and abundantly if you place yourself in the environment of people and places in which Allah Ta'ala is remembered abundantly. So the key is actually to create the right environment and allow your soul to grow in that environment. That is how we flourish and that's how we thrive. Now there's two main components of the environment. There's two major components for the environment. Just like how we mentioned, if a student is trying to thrive when they get to college, when they get to the university, there's two main components. One is the physical space right so there's a reason that there are college campuses there's a reason that there are college campuses because people that have the same goal in mind physically go to that space and they try to excel so one is the physical space and that is one component of the environment that we the second component of our environment are the people that we surround ourselves with so if you surround yourself for instance in a, in a, at a top elite university with people that are striving for that same goal, then you benefit from their company as well. You'll benefit from their company as well. If you hang out with the people in the top of your class, chances are they're gonna pull you up as well. If you hang out with people at the bottom of the class, chances are you're gonna be pulled down. So there's two components, the environment and the people that you keep around you. Both of, sorry, one is the space and then it's the the people themselves and these two things together When they're combined, this is what actually creates the right environment. So what is the space in which the heart and the soul can thrive? What is that space? The best space in which this occurs is the masjid. Is the masjid. Now, this isn't my own words. These are the words of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When he said in hadith that the best Place or the most beloved place to Allah Ta'ala in the entire universe the most beloved place is the masjid Biladi <laughs> ila the most beloved places to Allah Ta'ala is the masjid this is where hearts grow, this is where souls can grow because the masjid is a sacred space that's been endowed to Allah Ta'ala and the masjid is that place where there's constantly barakah descending upon it a person can walk into a masjid sit down and stare at the wall for 10 minutes and they will benefit. You can't do that sitting outside of the masjid and doing nothing. A person can come into the masjid and take a nap at the right times and they will benefit because there's barakah that's constantly descending upon this place. The attention of Allah Ta'ala and the angels are constantly on the masajid, the houses of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. So the masjid serves for the believer as a place of retreat. It's the place of retreat for the believer. You know, we live in a time and in a place where, as we mentioned before, there's spiritual chaos, there's darkness, there's insecurity. We are living in a time in which the Prophet Wasallam had warned us about, that people would wake up one day with the state of Iman and they would go to bed at night and they would not have Iman. This is the reality that we find ourselves in. So in this, amidst this degree of chaos that's present around us, it's also, it's it's, it's present everywhere. The masajid are these places, are those places in which there is some relative security from this. There is light amongst darkness in the masajid. There's, a pot, there's hope in the masjids. It's a secure place that Allah Ta'ala has created for us that allows us to achieve our full potential. And we use and we see i'tikaf as the best example of this. What's so special about i'tikāf? Why is it such a special deed? The Prophet loved this so much that every year he spent in the last ten days in the house of Allah Taala. And one year he was unable to spend the last ten days, and the following year he attached himself for twenty straight days in the masjid. Now, why was this deed? What is so special about this deed of attaching yourself to the house of Allah? It's literally, the, the i'tikaf is completed by a person coming into the masjid. There's no requirement except for praying the fard prayer. You don't have to pray extra nawafil. You don't have to recite Quran when you're in i'tikaf. You don't have to engage in the remembrance of Allah. You don't have to send salawat on the Prophet You don't have to do anything. Your mere entering into the masjid for the last 10 days is sufficient to transform your life for good. How? It's because it's the space that's been created. It's sacred space. And this is where hearts are purified and this is where hearts grow. So if a person comes into the masjid in the last 10 days and does nothing but just praise the prayer in congregation and does nothing else and obviously avoids distractions from the outside, they preserve the sanctity of this space, they will absolutely benefit. And anyone that's performed the full sunnah i'tikaf in the past can attest to this, that it was the most pleasurable experience in their life and it was the most transformative experience in their life, the one that had the most effect on them. There are people who regularly perform i'tikaf now because they've been, they're in love with the sunnah of i'tikaf. They recognize that this is the one time of year where I can actually grow myself. So year after year after year, they perform the exact same sunnah. Why is it that they do that? Because they appreciate the value that it has. Now, where does that all come from? It's simply the space that you put yourself in, of course, at the right time, which is in Ramadan. It's simply this power of, of the space. So, the masjid is the most beloved of places to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, we should make the masjid our second home as well. It should be an extension of our own home. You know, sometimes we have a choice between living close to the masjid or living far from the masjid. The reality is, the benefits that come from being close to the masjid will outweigh any benefit that you can get from increasing the size of your home. Sometimes you have to compromise that if I live closer to the masjid, if I live let's say within five minutes of the masjid versus 15 minutes of the masjid, I may have to give up my living room because properties are more expensive or because uh, I won't be able to build the home that I want to build. But rest assured, if the masjid becomes an extension of your home, this becomes your living space. You don't need a living room. If your children recognize that the masjid is an extension of the home, it's that place we go to when we feel like we need a little bit more space in our own home and we come to the masjid. It'll cause them to grow and it'll cause us to grow. So we should be very mindful about making the masjid a second home for ourselves. Live close to it and frequent it as much as possible. You know, the Prophet ﷺ said, gave us, gave us an example of the reward of a person who comes into the masjid and they wait for the next prayer now what are you doing? you're simply coming into the masjid that's valuable it's extremely valuable and the Prophet said about the believer in order to understand how valuable the masjid is to Allah the Prophet said in a hadith that we know it's narrated in Bukhari and Muslim of those seven people that are shaded on the day of judgment and one of those categories of people is that person is a man Whose heart is attached to the masjid It's so attached to the masjid That when he leaves He is yearning to come back Hatta yauda Until he returns back He's not content It's like you take fish out of water And it begins to flap Because it's suffocating right? It's suffocating It needs its nourishment And oxygen It can only get in water And it will flap around And be very uncomfortable Until you put it back in water And then it just gets back into water And it drifts off and it's very comfortable. The believer is the same way. You take the believer out of the house of Allah Ta'ala and they become perturbed. They're uncomfortable, unsettled. And then you put them back into the masjid and they feel comfortable once again. Right? So a person whose heart is attached to the masjid to this degree, the Prophet Wasallam said, this is one category of people who will be shaded on that day in which there is no shade. So you can imagine the value of the space that's been created, which is the masjid. So, number one, we should be very mindful of this space and we should be particular about attaching ourselves and our families to it. This should literally be our second home. And actually, it should be an extension of our home. That when at home, we don't have, we're thinking, where should we go? Because we need more space or we want to do something? We come to the masjid. It's an extension of our house. Our children will see it. Our families will see it. Every member of the family should feel this way. That's the first point. The second is that we should also create masjids within our home. We should also create masjids within our home. It's from the etiquette of our deen that every person, every household designate one space within their home that is more or less a masjid, a place of sajda, a place of worship. Now, we don't call it a masjid, we call it, you could say, a musallah, but this has tremendous value as well. The house used to be a space where nothing from the outside would enter. You'd have your doors, you'd have your windows, and nothing from the outside could enter. But now it's become such that with the advent of technology, with the advent of with the internet and television, that from the outside, everything can come in. So really, the, our home is just like, just like the outside world now. But if we create a space that's protected within the home, it doesn't have to be a big room. It could even be just a small space for one person to pray. But we dedicate that that space is the place where we remember Allah. It'll have tremendous value and it'll bring barakah. And your children will see that this is a space for Allah. This is a space for Allah. So from the time for salah comes, for the men the sunnah prayer, for the women any prayer, they pray it in that space. It has a lot of value and it brings barakah into the home. It almost becomes like this channel through which the light of Allah Ta'ala enters the home and then it from there disseminates to the rest of the house. So make it a point, this Ramadan, that I'm going to go home and I'm going to pick a place that's convenient, that's somewhat separated from the rest of the house, if possible, and I'm going to appoint that place that from now on this is going to be the place where we pray. And we don't bring dunya into that place. This place is sacred space for Allah Ta'ala and Allah Ta'ala alone. This is where I recite my Qur'an, this is where I do my dhikr, this is where I pray to Allah. This is the place where I just sit and reflect upon my own state. It will encourage you because when you see that musalla already set up and the time for salah comes in, it's already ready. It's one less thing for you to do. You don't have to set anything up. You just walk there and you pray. You have 10 minutes to spare. You know, you're waiting for your kids to get ready because you have to go somewhere. You know, rather than sit down and, and browse on your phone, so you'll see your, your space. You'll see a musallah and you'll sit there and you'll say, let me to spend some time reciting the Qur'an. Let me just spend some time you know, uh, thinking about you know, reflecting upon my own state. So masjid doesn't restrict... When we say masjid, we obviously are referring to this space, which is very sacred, but we should bring that into our own house as well. So the first envi- component of the environment is the masjid. The second component of our environment, which is just as important, is that we surround ourselves with people who are righteous as well. We surround ourselves with people who are righteous. And this is from the Qur'an. The Prophet ﷺ said, يَأْيُهَا He tells us, all of us, that we should have consciousness of Allah and we should be with the people that are righteous. Be with those people uh, that have صدق, that have righteousness, that are true. They say what they do and they do what they say. Spend time in their company and you will benefit. The Sahaba did just this. Every opportunity the Sahaba the had, they would sit in the company of the Prophet ﷺ. Even if it meant that it would be pure silence in his company, they felt like they were benefiting from the suhbah of the Prophet ﷺ. In fact, it is their company of the Prophet ﷺ that actually gives them their high maqam. The title that we give the Sahaba, which is Sahaba, how does a person become a Sahabi or a Sahabiyah? It's that in a state of Iman, they came in the company of the Prophet ﷺ. They didn't have to do anything in particular. They didn't have to pray an X amount of prayers. They didn't have to fast an X amount of fast. They didn't have to recite an X amount of Quran. No, it was simply that in a state of Iman, they came in the company of the Prophet ﷺ. And as a result, you would get the title of a Sahabi, which is the highest. You can't get higher than a Sahabi. You could become an Alim. You could become a Shaykh. You could become a Muhaddith or a Mufassr. But you will never be able to achieve the rank of the Sahaba that Allah Ta'ala mentions in the Qur'an that Allah is pleased with them and they are pleased with Him. You will never get that status. The Sahaba got it and it took them an instant to gain that status whereas it takes us years to become the beloved of Allah or years to become a scholar of this deen. The Sahaba instantaneously got that title by coming in the company of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It was the company of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that defined who they are and who they were. So you can imagine how valuable this is. The Prophet ﷺ said, the Prophet said, that indeed some people are the keys to the remembrance of Allah. And when one sees them, Allah Ta'ala is remembered. When one sees them, Allah Ta'ala is remembered. So we too should seek out these people. If there are people in our lives that we've met, or that we've interacted with, or that we're acquainted with, When we see them, we remember Allah Ta'ala, or we see them, we remember Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, or we see them and they remind us of the reality of this world and the reality of the Akhirah, then we have to attach ourselves to them. Hook yourself on and see how much you progress, because these are people of excellence. And when you spend time with people of excellence, you will thrive. You put your children in the company of people of excellence, they will thrive. We put ourselves in the company of people of excellence, and we will thrive. And you'll see the effect that it has on your progression. You'll see that effect that it has across the board on every aspect of your life, your personal life your, life, your worship, your ibadat, your interaction with other people. Across the board, everything changes. So, important for us is that we create the right environment for ourselves such that our hearts or such that our souls can grow. It's through the environment that we create that we'll be able to succeed, more so than anything else that we do. So if there's one take-home that we take from this Ramadan, it's that I need to create the right environment for myself in order to be able to succeed. Or, at this stage, in order to be able to even survive. My life is more or less dependent on it. My spiritual life. So, number one, that's the masjids. That we find masjids and we hook ourselves onto them. We pray in the masjid. We sit in the masjid. We do i'tikaf in the masjid. We don't leave the masjid. Especially in Ramadan. And... Secondly, the company of people of piety. Through their company, we benefit. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq to recognize the importance of uh, the space that we create around us. May Allah ta'ala protect us from difficulties and calamities. Uh, Both in this world and in the hereafter. May Allah Ta'ala preserve all of our masjids so that they become places, so that they remain places where we can all derive spiritual benefit from. May Allah Ta'ala allow them to serve as a place of security and protection from us. And may Allah Ta'ala allow allow these places to serve as a place of light amidst darkness for us. May Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq to create a masjid and a musalla within our own home so that we can benefit and our families can benefit. And may Allah Ta'ala make His masjids a, a second home for our families. May Allah Ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq to spend time in the company of righteous people. May Allah Ta'ala allow us to find people that are righteous in our communities. May Allah Ta'ala allow us to hook onto them so that we may benefit in the way that Sahaba benefited from Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Alhamdulillah.